0: I'm Woody Huffines, and this is the Owner's Voyage podcast, a journey to business ownership. In this podcast, we'll talk about how to make that journey more fun, more rewarding, hopefully more profitable, as well as tips for staying away from potholes, dead ends, traps, and washed out bridges. we we'll hope help you join us. Welcome to the Owner's Voyage podcast, episode number 45, an interview with Vicki Dale of Nerds to go Grapevine, Texas. You know, some of these interviews are easier than others, and some of them are a lot of fun. And the one with Vicky was a particular amount of fun because Vicky and I have been pretty close. She's been a good friend since even before I started my store. I spent a good bit of time with Vicki and been in her store, and we've worked on some things together. And she's been a great friend, and... In this podcast uh, interview, I spent time with Vicki on the phone, and we tried to make it fresh by going over some of the new things, and I think you'll find some things that are useful to you when you think about starting a business.
1: IT, for the majority of it, I was on the software side, so I spent a lot of time working with physician offices and hospitals. Uh, when we started looking for businesses, nerds to go kept creeping up. It kept coming up in our search. We looked at all different types of businesses, and nerds to go just seemed... So viable. It just seemed like something, everyone has computers, everyone needs help. And so it just, it just made a lot of sense to us. So that was, it just kept coming back. And, and finally we said, you know, this is a model that we see the nerds to go. seems like a, a business that's going to be viable for a long time.
0: And so when you, when you first started, you had the, your business was actually, you actually got it from E.L. Caraway.
1: We did. E.L. had it in Southlake for about a year, and then we took it over. So Ronnie and I really wanted to cultivate a business in our community. You know, we live in Grapevine, lived in Grapevine since 2000. I've lived here since 2005, really liked this area. Both of us traveled a lot for our jobs. I traveled all over the country at first and all over the state of Texas visiting hospitals. Ronnie was all over the place with cable jobs. Um, what was really on our heart is to open a community-based business in our own community. So, uh, the reason we, we ended up looking at, uh, what EL had, because we really wanted to be in our own backyard. That was important to us. And he already had our backyard. He was already in our backyard. <laughs> so, so, fortunately it, it worked out well because EL had a pretty far commute and, uh, timing was right. And, and we were able to work it out and, and get our, get our own truck.
0: Now, EL had his, his was the executive model and, and how long did, how did y'all run it as the executive model?
1: <laughs> so that's funny to me because I don't know if it was just my personality or like I'm a retail girl at heart or what, but I, I did not mesh with the executive model. I felt like we were tucked back in a corner, you know, and funny Woody, because people actually were finding us, you know, in the, in the little kind of the hole-in-the-wall little office suite that we had, that we, we had kind of a makeshift little countertop and everything where people would come in and check in their computers, and, and they found us. They managed to find us, but that just wasn't what I envisioned. I really had always envisioned the storefront, and so I struggled. I struggled with the executive model. Uh, anyway, I just and I guess maybe it was about expectations, but I really felt like a storefront was what we are supposed to do.
0: Well, and it's interesting, you and I – are the kind of people who would talk to a post or talk to ourselves. If there's <laughs> nobody else to talk to, I can't imagine, to- <laughs> I, I can't imagine what it would be to sit in an executive model by yourself sitting there. That'd, that'd drive me nuts. So y'all moved over to uh to a location in grapevine, a retail location. We did.
1: We after, sure did.
0: after you made that move, what, what kind of impact did it have on the business?
1: Oh gosh, Woody. I mean, it was, it was, huge. It was tremendous impact on our, on our, what I call break work, you know, where, where people drop off, you know, drop off devices to our store to get fixed in our lab. So it was, it was tremendous. I mean, the volume picked up immediately. So we're pretty fortunate and like you are in your, in your locations. We're, we're in kind of a good hot spot. You know, we've got Hobby Lobby by us. We've got Fuzzy Taco Shop. We've got Empress of China, which has a great reputation. So it's kind of hopping all the time over here. In addition to that, we've got a tailor close to us. That um, I'll be honest, she does so much business. I thought until I got to know her, I thought she got to be doing something else out of that store because yeah, he does laundering so
0: laundering money.
1: I was like, wow! But yeah, it's all it's all in her great tailor business, and and we have a couple of salons right around here that are super busy. They have great reputations, and all it did was boost our business. So um, we started getting noticed noticed quite a bit at that point.
0: Well, and it's hard to make that kind of decision when you've got something going, um, uh, it's, it's hard to make that kind of jump and, and change because I know when I was visiting nerds to go owners in the area, because it was fortunate in Texas to have a bunch available, uh, I was over there in, in the vicinity of your, of your first location. And I was like, well, there are the vans where, where are the people, <laughs> and <laughs> I, it, it took it took me going back over there during the daytime to find y'all, and it's interesting that you still had people hunting you down.
1: I was astounded. I know that makes me wonder. Did they uh, did they think they were supposed to go knock on the van doors or something? Because <laughs> it was weird, it was a weird <laughs> environment. And they did. They they still found us, but it it really was a tremendous difference, though. A tremendous difference, though, in the storefront. I'm really in favor of of this model, even though. You know, we, we focus a lot on business work. It's still it's a stay flow business when you got people dropping off computers to get fixed. And so in what we found is folks like small business. You know, when you're staring down competitors that may be just big bots, there's a lot of folks that wanna work with small business. So they wanna bring their stuff to somebody they can trust.
0: We offer a concierge service. I mean we, we are very, very focused on what's going to work for the customer and, in customizing a solution, whether it's a managed service solution for a business or customize a solution for individual customers. And I think that's one of our competitive advantages as opposed to the big box stores.
1: Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree. You know, and as a business owner, Woody, and I'm sure you face this too, the custom the custom approach sometimes is hard because we are boutique and we do custom work where I, I get it where you want to, you know, you think a standardized approach is where you find more success. You're going to make this cookie cutter and cut out all the rest. But that's not who we are. That's just not who we are. I mean, we really want to serve our clients at that level, you know, at the custom level.
0: And when we do... And that's one of the things that's interesting about having a computer business, especially in, in the consumer market. You know most of what people do when you go into a retail store is is it's something tangible. You walk in and you say, I like that dress, I can see that dress, I can touch that dress, I'm gonna buy that dress. Whereas what we do is intangible. And people bring a computer in and, and there's a, there's a learning curve for us to find out exactly what the problem is and certainly for our customer to find out what the solution might be. And and that right. has that and that's that to me is one of the biggest challenges to being in the concierge computer business.
1: Oh, it's the total challenge. There's just so much that the customers don't understand. I've said this so many times, but one operating system reload is not always the same as the next operating system reload because you've got You've got a whole bunch of things you're trying to put back on that computer and and that user has done a variety of different things. It's not a cut and dry process with almost anything that we do. And it's very hard to explain those things to the customer. Yes, we've done this before, but it may not look the same. Yes, your blue screen is a blue screen, but it it could be a number of things. Sometimes folks just don't understand that. You know, it's very hard. I think it's very difficult. It's a very difficult business for sure.
0: Well, it's complex. And... You know, we get a lot of <clears throat> help from Microsoft because they'll come out, you know, it's like this week has been, we call this, you know, this patch Tuesday is the second Tuesday of the month. So we call the second week of the month, the blue screen of death week.
1: <laughs> and it's the truth. We could thank Microsoft a bit, couldn't we? And and, and that's a whole other story, you know, explaining explaining patch management to, to folks. Well, heck, my patches are already happening, right? I mean, why do I need you to manage it? Well, exactly what you just said because there's a whole slew of problems that can occur if it's not managed properly and rolled out properly and it's you know that's that's a tough explanation for a lot of folks that that have never done it before
0: and and, and well and one of the things i think that's important about having a patch management capability is not just the patch management capability but the remote capability that the secure remote capability that comes with that you bet because we've got a lot of older clients. you know, I sometimes I think the our our average our average age is retirement plus retirement plus fifteen, <laughs> and, and those those clients and and those folks that you have to explain things to, it it can be difficult to get the information across to them that you need, and it's in, in and having that remote ability to reach out and touch them when they've got. A, a, a short or a brief problem, um, whether it's a business or, or one of the older clients, is I think key to that remote management, remote patch capability.
1: Well, I agree with that totally. Now, if you're just dealing, if you're dealing in the realm of retirement plus 15, then we've even had issues getting them to remote, you know? So it it's, that's always a challenge. You know, we've had some folks, we just flat could not get them to remote on, you know, that we just, we couldn't get them there. So. Well, all
0: things being equal, I, I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable with somebody that says, nope, you're not remoting into my computer than the people who you know, they get a pop-up on their screen and call an 800 number and let somebody charge them $200 to steal their bank account. You know, it's like uh, all things being equal, I'd rather them be nervous about that than, than sanguine about it. But on the other hand, I do tell our clients, if you can't, if you don't know the name of the person that's going to remote into your computer. If you can't reach out and touch them, don't do it.
1: So Woody, I just did a presentation on this yesterday uh, to a group I'm involved in. And, and uh, I was given an example and I, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there's a little Amazon scam out right now where folks are calling. This happened to my mother. Um, she got a call from Amazon. She does not have an Amazon account. And they told her her Amazon account had been hacked. And we've had that we've had five clients that have dealt with this issue. Amazon, who this faker calls says they're from Amazon. So, so it's a, like a phishing call. They say they can fix the hack and let us dial into your computer. Um, and that just breaks my heart. It makes me cringe. So the client on the other end lets them in. Uh, they get in. They are nefarious. They do hack their Amazon account at that point. They get their password information, hack their Amazon account, and then they start creeping on the rest of the computer. And it's yeah, the, my big warning to everybody is please, please, please do not use the same password for everything that you do. And it just astounds me to the day how many times people still do that, but they proceed to get in to all of their other accounts. Then for whatever reason, these folks are telling people to stop what they're doing and go buy gift cards. Have you guys dealt with this scam? Woody?
0: There's a, uh, there's a video, um, that i and I'll share it with you when we get done. That is a, there's a guy that, that his whole life is messing with scammers. I mean, he just, he messes with scammers and, and he gets them on the phone and, and he, because there's a, there's a team viewer capability. If the scammers, a lot of the scammers use the same passwords. And after you crack that password, he, he has these Indian, um, in, they're in India and, and they call in and he lets them remote into this computer that he's got. And then he kind of reverses the deal and he starts dumping files off of their computer while they're poking around in his computer.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: (laughs) But the, but the, but the gift card, the gift card thing, um, the, the way the process works real quickly is they'll, they'll get into somebody's computer and tell them, you know, it's going to, it's going to be $200 and I need you to, I need you to put, you know, fill out this form. And I need you to put in the two hundred dollars, and when the person puts in two hundred, the scammer, because he's got remote control, just adds another zero the The poor victim goes, "Oh my lord, I must have miskeyed this i i, I you know and the guy says, "Oh oh, I'm going to lose my job, you know my kids are going to be on the street i i i i've got you've got to you've got to give me this this eighteen hundred dollars back i mean i I've got to have this eighteen hundred dollars." And the fastest way to do it is for you to go get eighteen hundred dollars worth of, of Amazon or Target gift cards, and they'll stay on the phone with the victim all the way to Target, and and you know the the victim will buy eighteen hundred dollars worth of Target gift cards, and then the scammer says, okay, scratch the numbers off and give me the numbers off the back of them. Uh, and yeah. and it, I mean, it's it's and I didn't realize that it is that it is not just a scam. Uh, it's it's not just a scam with just the online piece of it they'll have people send cash money and the bad guys will uh, rent a bnb you know they'll have a and bnb house that they'll rent for 2 days and they'll run their scam and say send this stuff here and then you know overnight it here and then they go to the the bnb rental house and pick up all the cash that comes in and they've got mules that pick the cash up and send the cash i mean it's a it is a much deeper and more complex thing than than I ever knew.
1: Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's terrible. So, a couple of our clients got stopped uh, as they got to the store to buy the gift cards. Um, one lady shared this in the networking group yesterday. That it happened to her grandmother, and she went to the store. She was on the phone with them. They were very belligerent with her. Got to the store, and there was a big sign saying "Do not buy a gift cards to give out the numbers to anyone." And she hung up at that point. But they'd already done a lot of damage to her computer.
0: Well, and that's and that brings up a question about you know, my background is in computer and specifically computer security. I used to be a fight system security officer, and so you know I've got a, a, a pretty deep background in computer security. Do you find that that you have had a lot of technical stuff to learn to be a Nerds to Go owner? No,
1: I love that question. <laughs> yes because I mentioned that I had 26 years in healthcare IT. And so uh, I thought, well, this makes sense for me to do Nerds to Go. That was your question in the beginning. You know, um, also, so this would be great business to get into because it makes sense. It makes sense for me, not only that viable, but that I have a history in this. Well, the majority of my background was in software for, for medical practices and hospitals. And the software business and the Nerds to Go business are completely different worlds. And so that was a real eye-opener to me. I really did not have the background, do not have a hardware background at all. That, that, was, that was a bit a bit of a, a big jump for me. Still feel like I learned a ton every day. But, yes, that was definitely uh, tough for me as an owner.
0: Well, somebody asked me the other day, what, what, what do you really like about doing what you do? And I said it changes every day. There's something new to <laughs> learn every day. And they said, what do you like least about it? I said, it changes every day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you for giving me the freedom to answer that <laughs> way. Whitney. I, I love it because that, that's so true. I mean, it's so true. Uh, it's exactly what you love about it. And it's exactly what you, you get frustrated by. And, and, uh, I mean, I can come in every morning at 8 o'clock with a full head of steam and all kinds of plans, and by 10 o'clock, it's all completely falling apart. You know, every day is different. Every well, there, day is completely different.
0: There's a military saying, they say, no, no plan survives contact with the enemy. <laughs> so other than
1: – Who's <laughs> <Just> the enemy?
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> the enemy in this case is the technology. Some days, it some days you feel like it's got you down seventeen nothing at the half before you even get started.
1: (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. Like you said, some days it's Microsoft. Some days it's you know, I mean, it's just it's it's so so different every day. I mean, Woody, I never imagined that clients would be crying at my doorstep. I never imagined that. I never imagined tears. I, I just never saw that coming. So. You know, um, it just astounds me, you know, people, I can't, I can't be without my computer. Well, well, I got to fix it. You know, I got to have it. I need to take it from you so we can fix it, you know, and, and we just, you know, tears, we've lost our data. We've lost, I just, I, I cannot believe, I bet it's once a month that we get somebody crying because of their situation and it's horrible. It's horrible. And I feel terrible for them, but I just, that's something I never imagined.
0: Well, and, and so much of our lives are now on computers. You know, uh, you know, the, 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 the thing that we usually have the people the most upset about is, you know, I've lost all my pictures. I've lost, uh, you know, all this stuff that we had scanned or pictures over the years. And, and, uh, it, it is so sad. People don't understand the importance of backing up and, and how to back up appropriately and, and do those things. And then it's frustrating at times, you know, we, we've had the people coming in. They're, they're just, they're crying and we, and we go do a complete, you know, we get a data, we get the uh, EZUS or whatever, and we get a data restore, and we get their stuff back and we're like, Okay, now let's let us get you set up on a backup program. Well, no, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, we'll we'll see you in six months. We can do it again.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I have I've grown very fond of this analogy. Okay. Okay, Mr. And Mrs. This is a piece of hardware. It's kinda like your car. Does your car last forever? no my car doesn't last forever well neither does a piece of hardware you know it, it is not going to last forever and and uh, that's that's the other funny that we we get a chuckle out of is how old is your computer you know before we get started we ask how old the computer is so now we just know you, you add three to five years to whatever people tell you because you know it's usually oh it's three years old and then we get it and it's you know it's an xp that that even older it's a vista machine we're like no i think this i think this was a little bit older than three years you, you,
0: sure. you got a windows seven sticker on this machine i'm just saying
1: yeah with a Pentium processor i'm pretty sure this is not you know <laughs> so not not two to three years old well,
0: that's, what anyway. I, that's what i tell people is there's two kinds of hard drives the ones that have failed and the ones that are going to
1: <laughs> yep it's true That's the truth And and that's amazing to us. You know, our team is well coached in every single client that we encounter. When we go on site to businesses, uh, when we're in residence, it's our job as your IT provider to make sure that you're backed up and you're protected with the right, you know, endpoint protection, with the right, you know, backup program. And Woody, still just like you just said, it amazes me how many people don't want to put that kind of plan in place. And you're just taking such a gamble. I'm just so stunned by it. Now, I'm also somebody who years ago, I lost. And and it was just pure stupidity. It was, I'll get to that back up later. And this was probably 12 years ago. Um, But I lost a couple years worth of data myself. And it was pretty painful. And, And that was many, many years ago. And, you know, before we even had a lot of the resources that we have now. But, but you learn a pretty hard lesson from that. So, but we hate for clients to learn it the hard way,
0: you know. Well, exactly, and, I, and we had a client recently. Uh, they've got a server, and uh, we were we were talking about a bare metal backup to do the. So if your server if your server goes away, we can put a new server on. You know, you get a lightning strike and and cooks the server. Put a new server on the ground and back it up just the way it is with all the configurations, all the software, everything, everything, everything. Bare metal backup. And they're like, well, how much is that? And we told them, and they're like, oh, I don't want to spend $600 a year to do that. Okay. How many days can you be down until it's going to cost you $600 to get back into business?
1: Yep. What if it's all gone? Yeah.
0: So other than the technical stuff, what, what do you wish you had known before you started that you that you've learned that you wish you had known?
1: Good gosh. I mean, I've learned so much. It's incredible. Okay, so let me let me think about that. You know, I think early on, one of the things we did, um, you know, it was our heart to be a part of the community. I think we spent a lot of money and resources throwing throwing money at stuff that we weren't sure about, you know, just to just to get our name out there. I think I think I I, I would have done some of that a little bit differently. Oh, but things I've learned, Woody, the, the things I've learned the list is so long. I mean, managing our team, you know, I love our team. I've been in leadership for a long time. Uh, I love our team. Um, but it's, it's. I've learned so much about leading a small team that does IT, you know, things I've learned about myself, but conflict resolution. I've learned a lot about conflict resolution. Never thought I, I would have to be exercising that in this world, you know, that much. But I've learned, I've learned a lot about it. Um, what in my mind is just spinning with with things. I can't think of one specific thing.
0: It's like, there's so many things I wish I had known that I know now. It's like the list is long and distinguished.
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, it's, there's a ton, well, you know, let me ask
0: has, let me ask it this way. What's, what's, what's been the biggest surprise for you in business ownership?
1: Um, how much time it takes, you know, I, I definitely knew, uh, this would be, this wouldn't be the easiest leap I ever took, but it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. You know, the part I love and the part that's really natural for me, you know, like I said, it was a calling for us to be out in the community, to be a part of our community. You know, we didn't even know a lot about the the very area we lived in. So we just felt like it was a calling for us to be a part of the community. Well, that's natural for me. I I love the networking, marketing, but there's so much else that comes to owning the business. And when you're a small business owner with a small team of four or five people, you're doing it all, you know, And, and it takes it takes so much more time uh, than I, than I really imagined.
0: Well, that's one of the things that, that I talk to people about that, especially people that are coming out of corporate um, that decide they're going to be a small business owner. And it's like, you know, You've been, in, you've been in, in, in Fortune 500, and if you've got a contract review, you call legal, and if you've got a problem employee, you call HR, and if your is squeaky, you call facilities. Dude, you are HR. You are legal. You are facilities.
1: You know, one of the little things I look forward to is someday I would like to hire somebody to clean our store because right now I'm the store cleaner. <laughs> someday it would be great if I could hire, you know, a professional service to come in and clean. <laughs> You know, we laugh about that stuff, but we really are everything. You know, it all—it's lonely at the top, like they say. You know, and it all stops here. So, yeah. So that—that's been—that's been been a big part of the journey. We certainly—I didn't think it would be necessarily absentee ownership, but it's quite far from that.
0: (laughs) Well, and and a book that I highly recommend to just about anybody. I read it—I don't know—a month and a half ago or so. And it, it, it really changed the way I think about a lot of things. It's, it's called who, not how.
1: Mm, I don't know that one.
0: It, it's the concept is pretty simple. It's if you're an entrepreneur and you want to grow the business and you want to do things, if you ask, if the question that you ask yourself is, how am I going to do this? You're asking the wrong question that the, the, the appropriate question is who do I need to do this and let, somebody that's really good at whatever it is that you need done, do it. And you work a way that you can both, both make money at it. And then that puts you doing the things that you do best.
1: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And and that actually helps me answer your question a little bit better because I think finding the right team mix has probably been a big challenge for us. Just finding, finding the, the, the right mix. And I, I never imagined, like I said, you know, I've been in, I've been in leadership. I've led teams. I've been a part of great teams. I have a great team right now, um, but but you know we're always looking. We're always looking for folks, and finding that that perfect mix is really tough.
0: Well, and especially in in if you're not, and 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 I'm certainly while a lot more technical than some people. I mean, I, I can't go out and configure a DNS on a server. I've done that and. God only knows how long, but at some point it's, it's hard or it's a concern that you're going to end up being held hostage to the people that work for you because they are so critical to what you do and how you do it. That if you don't know how to do what they're doing, if you get a team member that's a bit problematic, then you have, then that's just another thing to lose sleep over because it's hard. It's hard to really crack down on somebody that, that holds the, that holds the keys to the kingdom.
1: I would say that you, you just, you just described probably the biggest learning curve is, uh, or learning experience, I guess, for us has been, um, you know, maybe we put too much on, on this person and maybe, maybe this wasn't really the, the part that they were meant to do, you know, maybe, and, and, and it, it's one because you, we, in a small business, we can't afford to jump out there and hire all the positions that we need. So you, everyone's got to wear multiple hats. Uh, and maybe we put the wrong hats on the wrong people sometimes, and and we've learned some really valuable lessons about that. We've had some some losses that hurt. We've had, you know, in full transparency. We probably had some losses that weren't that we shouldn't have lost. And so uh, I'd say that's been the biggest biggest learning for me.
0: Now it's funny uh, one of the one of the questions that I've asked folks when I when I do the interviews is, what did you think that was gonna be? really easy that turned out to be difficult and often it has to do with getting your staffing lined up the way you wanted it to. Let me ask it yep. the other way. What did you think was going to be really difficult that turned out to be pretty easy?
1: Wow. Let me go through my Rolodex and find that thing that's been really easy. <laughs> 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 huh? <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, what's been easy? Okay. It wasn't necessarily the accounting. It wasn't the people. Uh, it hasn't been the technology. What's been easy? Networking. I love networking. That's easy to me. Um I, but I didn't think it was gonna be difficult. I didn't think that part would be difficult. But uh sometimes sometimes getting to the close with small business. You know, I worked with big business. I worked with large hospitals and you know, it's a process. It's it's definitely a process. Not an easy one.
0: What's your what's your favorite part of what you do?
1: Oh, the people. I love the people. I love, 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 love. Um I love working with the, the businesses right here in the community. I absolutely love our team that we have here. We have, we have great people. We're still growing our team. I, I just, like you said, I can talk to, I can talk to anybody, but I truly enjoy getting out in the community and talking to people. That is my favorite part.
0: What's your least favorite part?
1: Oh boy. (laughs) My least favorite part is I think how much of the, uh, gosh, is this going to sound bad coming from a, from a owner of a, small technology company it's when I have to deal with the tech part that's just not that's
0: not me again you are IT you are HR and sometimes you have to do those things that you may not be what what gives you your biggest sense of accomplishment?
1: Just serving the customers. I mean, it's all about. We, we take on some really complex issues, Woody, as you guys do, as everybody does. And uh, and, and God, when our when our great people can go in there and, and really accomplish uh, a huge network configuration, reconfigure everything, you know, rewire everything, uh, and make people work faster and happier, and and get get the infrastructure in place that people are really happy with. You know, I wish more people called us and told us how happy they were with the outcome. <laughs> you know, because we do a lot of great work, and you know how it is—you you hear you hear about the stuff that that the, the negative stuff, but we do a lot of great work. Well,
0: we, you know? we we work very hard to make technology invisible to people.
1: We do to make it invisible. That's a great description. We work really hard to do that, and and they don't need us anymore then you
0: know? well and when it becomes and when it becomes invisible they don't they don't see it you know it's like it's that's everything's right. working they're they're they it it becomes invisible
1: that's exactly right you know and that's that's one of the challenges with with moving into the MSP market you know because uh, you get them fixed up you get everybody fixed up with a project plan and get out all the infrastructure in place and then you you support them and you're supporting them and monitoring them remotely monthly to make sure everything's okay and you're proactively doing everything you're supposed to do. And it's invisible, like you said, and they don't see it. So, what am I paying this for? <laughs> you know, it's, it's because you're not having any trouble. You know, we're keeping you safe and secure and we're doing it painlessly to you. And that's what it's for,
0: you know. On that MSP side, uh, how do you feel about the, the Fast Signs Propel Brands uh, acquisition?
1: You know, I think we're still learning about it. What I think makes a ton of sense is is they have a lot of franchising experience. What I'm most excited about is more processes. You know, we joined a young franchise. Well, so now I can go back and answer some of your questions a little bit better. You know, we joined a young franchise and there were not a lot of processes in place. And um, I spend a lot of time developing processes that I wish we had. Okay, so I could have answered your question with that earlier. You know, processes on how we do certain functions, you know, certain IT functions, processes on how we handle um, our intake and our tickets, you know, just just processes, internal processes that when you buy a franchise, you kind of want to be buying all of that. And I think Sasson will bring that to the table for us because nerds to go with young. They're not a young company, but young at franchising. And so that's part of what i look forward to but i think it's really in the early stages uh, but i'm excited about the possibility
0: well and you know I've, I've talked about this with you know some of the people in leadership and and other, and other franchisees the skill set that you need to build a franchise is often very different from the skill set that you need to build a business trying to grow yes. a single store and how you do that and how you grow a franchise is very different. Another another great book uh, that I recommend is uh, from Gino Wickman and it's called Traction. And it's all about how you proceduralize the business and proceduralize what you do in your business. And and it's a it's a really good book to go in and and kind of set your mind about what you need to do to manage the processes of the business. Which which processes have you uh, designed or put together that have been really working well for you?
1: The way that we do intake for our clients and we put together some good processes there that, that work well. The way we handle our ordering, that was something that, you know, we, we, we order a lot of equipment, you know, to repair things. And we had to come up with our whole internal ordering process and it's working well. I've got it now. I've got an in-store service manager. He's great working, uh, with the clients that bring their equipment to us. And there's a lot of equipment ordering that comes from that. And so we, we feel like we've done a really good job putting that into place. Um, and now of course we have a new system and we're going to be automating that process even more. I'm excited about that because I, I love the automation. Anything to take that stuff off our plate, you know, but workflows, you know, just general workflows. I think we're, we've learned to do a pretty good job with that.
0: What are the things that have, what are the things or the, the processes or the, that have bitten you the worst or that you had to, that you had to step back and, and go approach it again?
1: You know, I think being, being an early, you know, I, I'm still, I'm just approaching three years now in the business. I think every client in the beginning is like an emergency, Woody. And I think over the last few years, what we've learned is, you know, we want to take your appointment, but we're going to put the right team on it. And, and I know you think you need it tomorrow, but you don't. Um, and I think for us approaching it where we can book the right team for the appointment and not, not feel like I'm so scared that I'm going to lose that client that I want to, I want to just get them on the books as quick as possible, but not deploy the right networking team or the right, you know, wiring team or the right, I think that's part of it. I think you know, at first, you just want to take everything, and and really, you know, this every call that comes in is like an emergency. And so for me,
0: it, well, it. and and it, it's I have to I have to remind myself what I'm like when when my computer's down because if my computer's down, it's an emergency. Sure, that's the difference between minor surgery and major surgery. Minor surgeries, surgery that you're having, major surgery, surgery that I'm having.
1: Sure. And, well, and when computers are down, that's different. I guess I'm referring more to the, well, my Internet's just not very fast. You know, okay. Okay. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get it taken care of, you
0: know. One, um, of, the, one of the things, uh, and that brings up something else that, that Regis DeVoe um, in uh, Alexandria, one of the things that he said, and the penny really dropped for me, is that the, the Nerds to Go model – or what was successful early on and and has remained successful for the for the flagship store or the original store in Guilford. That store came up when people had desktop computers and they didn't they didn't want to make an umbrella out of their behind and crawl under the desk and unplug the big box and carry it to the store to have you work on it. So the in-home model was very much, uh, a a viable way to do things. And now people have laptops and they'd just soon bring a laptop to you as wait around the house for you to come work on their laptop, which I think has changed the environment that we're in a little bit. How has that, do you think, how has that affected your ability to offer a total solution for somebody's internet and their, and their network and all that stuff? Because so often they're in your store with a laptop as opposed to you being on site.
1: Well, you said a couple of pretty big nuggets there. When the franchise started, so you, to answer your question, it definitely affects things greatly. It's a very different world. You know, back in 2003, Woody, when, when nerd to go started, imagine what the price of a computer was back then. You know, they weren't as throwaway as they are today. You know, so it's a lot different. It was just a whole lot different world. So people were investing a whole lot more money on the repair of their computers just in general. Now, like you said, I mean, people are bringing us their laptops, so it's it's less of an opportunity to go out. We're nerds to go. It, it is a very different world. I think we do way more in store volume than than maybe the the mothership does, um, because, like you said, people are people are operating on laptops now, and they they can they can bring them into the store. Well, sometimes you need to see the environment they're working in. Sometimes it's not. It's not about a repair that needs to be done to the physical device. Sometimes, you know, we need to get out there and see the environment to see what's actually going on. So it, it definitely affects the business, but the world is very different. Um, the world of technology is just very different than it was in 2003. Well,
0: and that's one of the things that I tell folks if I if I have the opportunity, especially if I'm in the store. You know, they we're, we've worked on their laptop or whatever, and, and, I, and I tell them, you know, if you study an elephant in the zoo, you can learn quite a bit about elephants, but you can't learn nearly as much about elephants as you in the zoo as you can if you go to their natural environment. So you've brought your laptop to us, and and we've we've done a kind of a zoo look at how this laptop works. But to really understand what this laptop's like, you need to see it in your environment, and it'd be really helpful if we could come come do that for you.
1: You bet. We've got one here right now, but it's actually been in here multiple times. Um, it's a gaming computer. It's not a laptop, uh, but it works fine for us. We've tested it in multiple multiple in-store environments, and uh, it keeps crashing when the customer gets home. I'm like, you really need to let us come out because it could be a peripheral you're plugging in. It could be, you know, we've got to see what's going on you know what's your how you're actually using this because we've looked at it six ways on sunday in the store and it's working great
0: you yeah, know I-, I can't fix it any better than it works
1: yeah <laughs> we can't fix it any better than it works that's perfect It's exactly right
0: what skills or abilities have you discovered in yourself that you didn't know you had
1: gosh buddy that goes along with all the all the different things that we learned you know i um because we wear so many hats think the ability to manage so many things all at one time um, kind of astounds me some days when you look back and you realize what you've what you've actually done you know like you said, it might have been HR issues, equipment issues, property management issues, you know it, it, it's, it's kind of it's kind of astounding when I sit back sometimes and really think about it wow, you know I um, somehow, Somehow, by the grace of God, I've been I've been juggling a lot of stuff that I that I didn't know that I could juggle.
0: I find that I think back. Do you remember the Ed Sullivan show? The guy that was would spin the <laughs> plates on the little on the little floppy yeah, rods. I do. And you and you you know you just feel like you're running around and you spin this one, you go back and spin that one, and that one's about to fall. And you spin and, and there's there are days that I really feel like the plate spinner guy.
1: <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh. Totally. <laughs> At the end of the day it's the customer. I mean, that's when I can, when I can look at the list of, of ticketed customers that, that we've, you know, and that goes back to the team, you know, that goes back to having a great support team behind you to do this kind of stuff. Cause we can't do it alone. You know, absolutely can't do it alone.
0: What are the top one, two or three things that you would tell somebody that's thinking about starting an owner's voyage?
1: I would tell them it, it's probably going to, a little bit more than you expected probably going to take a little bit longer than you expected and and just hang on hang on there's going to be times when you want to give up there's going to be times when you want to throw in the towel i won't lie i've waved the white flag a few times <laughs> expect tears that's more than that's more than three
0: <laughs> well well uh, there's there's probably 50 i mean it's uh you know you uh, there are days that you take the white flag out of the closet and you put it in your car. It's like, I'm, I'm, I want the white flag close to me because I may be pulling it out. And then, and there are days that you carry around. It's in your hip pocket and you kind of feel like a, a, a NFL ref. I'm reaching for the flag. I'm I'm going to reach for the flag. <laughs> so oh,
1: I love hearing that. I'm not alone
0: in that. So <laughs> is being a part of the community and, and building a presence in the community. Is that what makes you Leave the flag in your pocket. Is that what gets you the, uh, the energy and and the drive to go do it again?
1: It is. It really is. You know, we set out to be a great service company in this town, in this in this area, in this region, and and to know that that there's great businesses and residents out there that trust us and rely on us. It is. That's that's what you want to keep doing it for, and for our team. And you know, they're working really hard out there to provide this support. Um, to, to connect with our customers. Um, I, think, I think for both, both sides, you know, uh, for the team that we have and for the community, that's really what drives me to keep doing it.
0: And there are days that, that it feels like the tunnel is never ending and there are days that it feels close. When you, when you feel like you're about to break out and you feel like that you're about to do something spectacular and then you get that setback. For me, it, it has a lot to do with faith faith in in God and faith in what we're trying to accomplish. What do you, what have you accomplished that gives you that faith that you're doing the right thing?
1: You know, I think, I think, well, like you said, I mean, I I don't know how you do small business without faith. I absolutely don't know how you do it because if I didn't have that, I would be, I'd be under, under my desk, curled up in a ball with my thumb in my mouth all the time. (laughs) So I just, I don't know how you do it without faith. I think, Woody, I think you gotta get peace with the roller coaster. That's what I think. You know, The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster was one of my favorite books. I laughed through, through most of it, um, because I could relate to so much of it. You have to make peace with the roller coaster. You know, we, we had, we had a, a few good months before COVID. We had a few really good months since COVID and I was ready to cope. You can never get comfortable and ready to cope. And learning to keep your peace in the roller coaster is the thing that that you know that my faith helps me with. And uh, and today I'm at peace with the roller coaster.
0: Well, and and, and patience, you know, because I'm all the time praying for patience. God, I, I can't do this. I'm just gonna turn it over to you because because I I'm not I'm not doing what I need to do. I'm just, I'm gonna turn it over to you. And then about fifteen minutes, I'm like, give me that back. <laughs>
1: You know, I love it, Woody. I was just telling somebody today Um, we ha- we had a, a a rough a rough three months October, November, and December last year. Uh, we were going through a lot. Like I said, we had some staffing changes, and and that was one of my waves, the white flag uh, period. But I look back when I'm praying about it, and I just I'm like, all right, God, you got a sense of humor. I see that because. I needed to learn all those hard lessons. I needed to have all those struggles, those three months, you know, where we were trying to find the right team member, you know, where we were uh, not really making a lot of money. Uh, Maybe the phones weren't ringing like we expected them to. It just seemed like some problems were cropping up all over the place. You know, I needed to walk through that to, to learn how to be okay and be at peace. And that's what I feel like God's showing me in this. You need to learn to be okay when when you're struggling,
0: because I got it. I got it. Well, and that's one of the things that, that I think is difficult that people don't really think about. T- to get into a position where you can buy into a franchise, you've had to be successful for a long period of time, and you had to be consistently successful in everything that you did to get there. There are times that when you start a business, you're not being successful, and that is a very difficult pill to swallow.
1: Oh, Woody, that is... You know, and it's funny because people that meet you now as a nerd to go owner, they don't know that you were successful before. And you're like, wow, some days you, you, you just, that's another thing I'd say I learned. You just can't look back. Wow. I traded that for this.
0: <laughs> what was I thinking? What's well,
1: that's, what like,
0: that's what a friend of mine said. I said, how are things going? He said, great. I just figured out I paid $150,000 to buy an 80 hour a week job that don't pay nothing.
1: Exactly right. Exactly and, and, and,
0: and when he first said it, it was really funny. But then the more I thought about it, it wasn't nearly as funny.
1: <laughs> oh man, you know I'm working twice as hard for yeah for uh, yeah for long this. <laughs> but but they, I, I know what's coming. So we're we're building something, and I think that's the other part that that does not happen overnight. And that sounds so cliche, Woody, but we're building something. I can look back over the three years now and see that we're really building something. We have repeat customers that rely on us and count on us. We have a, a big set of of clients that we serve, you know, that keep calling us back, that say good things about us, that, that trust us. Um, they say great things about our team members. You know, we're building something, and that does not happen overnight.
0: Isn't it cool when, you know, we, we've, we started in, uh, in the middle of 2019. So, you know, it'll be two years for us in June. And in the last, I don't know, really since the first of the year, we're really starting to see the repeat business, you know, the, somebody that their, their technology was invisible to them because we fixed it right. And now they've got a problem and they're coming back and seeing those people come back and, and and reestablishing those relationships is so exciting.
1: Oh, it's awesome. It's it's really awesome. Or we've had people pick up this week and they say things like, Oh man, you guys are my go-to. You guys are the best. I'm going to be telling people about you. I really, I love what you did for it. I mean, that's, that means a lot, you know,
0: that's fun.
1: That part's fun. That part is fun.
0: <laughs> well, and it and for me, it's been instructive to go back and look uh, when we first started, you know, if some, if, if the phone rang twice in a day, you know, we're, we're running around dancing because well, the phone rang twice. And now you get, you get used to some level of, of activity. And when it falls off of that, you, you really forget how far you've come.
1: You do. And that's when you can't panic because I, I definitely used to do that. You know, you ride the highs and then you panic in the lows and that's just, that there's that's not going to do your blood pressure a lot
0: of (laughs) good. Level out, level out.
1: (laughs) My husband likes to say, let peace be your umpire. And when I'm stressed out, it really just irritates the crap out of me when he says that, but he's so right. (laughs) He's so right.
0: Well, I can pretty much tell how good a piece of advice is by how much it irritates me.
1: Oh, yeah. If it stings, it's probably good
0: advice. So. Yeah. If, if it really ticks me off, it's probably something I needed to hear.
1: You are so right, Woody.
0: Well, Vicky, I appreciate your time.
1: Woody, thanks for talking to me. This is fun.
0: Some level of, of activity, and when it falls off of that, you, you really forget how far you've come.
1: You do. And that's when you can't panic, because I, I definitely used to do that. You know, you ride the highs, and then you panic in the lows, and that's just, that there's, that's not going to do your blood pressure a lot of (laughs)
0: good. Level out, level out.
1: (laughs) My husband likes to say, let peace be your umpire. And when I'm stressed out, it really just irritates the crap out of me when he says that, but he's so right. (laughs) He's so right.
0: Well, I can pretty much tell how good a piece of advice is by how much it irritates me.
1: Oh, yeah. If it stings, it's
0: probably good advice. So. Yeah. If, if it really ticks me off, it's probably something I needed to hear.
1: You are so right,
0: Woody. Well, Vicky, I appreciate your time.
1: Woody, thanks for talking to me. This is fun.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Vicky is always honest and vulnerable. And one of the nicest people you would ever meet, her husband, Ronnie. One of the things that he says is if you have a pick. A problem with Vicky, then you're probably the problem because she is not a problem for anybody, and I hope that came through in the interview. I appreciate her time and as always we hope to see you again soon on the Owner's Voyage Podcast. This is Woody Huffines, this has been Owner's Voyage Podcast, episode number forty five, an interview with Vicky Dale of Nerds to Go Grapevine.